this is Rob Coburn, and we are excited that you're joining with us today. If you're a part of the Summit Dover family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at the Summit Dover on all social media outlets and on our website, thesummitdover.com. We can get you plugged into our app or our YouTube channel, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with the Summit Dover family all around the world. I hope this word today encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Well, it's an honor to be here this morning. Pastor Rob is on a retreat this weekend. He is hanging out with Holy Spirit in New York, and he is um, having an amazing time. I talked to him a little bit yesterday. He told me he wasn't going to talk. He wasn't going to have his phone, but apparently he missed us too much. What can I say? So, <laughs> anyways, I was talking to him yesterday, and he is getting wrecked every single day by just being silent with the Lord. And we are so excited for the vision that he is going to cast when he gets back next week because it's going to be really powerful. As I was praying for this week, there's so many things going through my head, so many possibilities of what to say. But one thing that kept coming to my mind was this bracelet that I got on vacation this year, and you probably can't see it, but it says, Here to Empower. And as a youth pastor, I live my life to empower people. That's my goal. I love to look at students and try to pull out the gold in them and say, Lexi, I see you. I see what are your dreams? What can we do with that? That's what I love to do every single day. That's why I do it. And I know that a lot of people on our team, every person on our team is passionate about that. That's why they're here to serve you. And um, so today, I'm going to do what I like to do. I brought an experiment because if the youth pastor is preaching and there's not something youthy, like, is it really that fun? No, so we have to make it fun. So anyways, um, we're going to be doing that, but I live my life to empower people, and I dream about empowering people. So today, not only do I want to empower you to walk more like Jesus, but I also want you to be encouraged to empower other people, because we're not only called to empower you from the pulpit, but you guys are called to go into the world to preach the gospel to every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what every believer is called to do. And Pastor, I've been talking a lot about casting out demons, healing the sick, raising the dead, and... Um, I just really have been processing that and like, how am I doing with that on a daily basis? How does it look for me to walk into Walmart and heal a sick person? Has it ever happened? Have I ever done that? Am I walking in what he's called me to do every single day as a believer? So that's been a really challenging part of some of the um, things that we have been learning. How many even know Jesus is coming back soon? Yes. <laughs> Amen. And so one thing that the Lord really put on my heart for today is in Ephesians 5, 25 through 27, he says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish. There's been a lot of sermons, I don't know if you guys listen to a lot of sermons by people in the world, but I've heard a lot lately of holiness and walking in holiness and what does that mean, what does that look like, and how us as believers have a responsibility. Although our spirit was made whole whenever we were sanctified whenever we had salvation we also have a responsibility to walk like Jesus to be how he was to be holy right and so um 
I feel like sanctification is this process that we get to walk through every single day and we wake up and we say, Jesus, how can I look more like you today? And so I'm gonna give you a few practical tips today to what walking as the pure bride of Christ can look like on a daily basis. These are all things that the Lord has done in me over the past few months and I just brought together to present to you today. So the first one is salvation. Now I'm pretty sure everyone in this room has been saved. If you haven't, that's awesome. We can walk you through that today. But salvation is whenever I say, I can't do this anymore. I need Jesus, help me. (laughs) And so we become this empty bottle. And as the empty bottle, we are now ready. We've poured out all of the junk. We've poured out all of the stuff that we came in with. And we said, Jesus, I need you to fill me. So, after that, this is, okay, I don't want to spill it, sorry. So, after that, I forgot a funnel, so um, this could be very messy. Oops. Um, oh, shucks. Okay, glad I put extra in there. Okay, so that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So once we get emptied of ourselves, we get baptized in the Holy Spirit. So Romans 10, 9 through 13 says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And John 14, 22 through 24. Judas said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. We will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words and the word which you hear is not mine, but the father who sent me. Matthew 7:11. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And Acts 1:8. This is the life verse of Pentecostals. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So now you're a vessel, and you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. The next one is slightly painful, and it's embracing the pruning seasons. And if I'm gonna be honest, I've been going through a pruning season, and as I was researching this, even the healthy vines get pruned. And this is very interesting to me. So when I was researching, I've heard tons of sermons about pruning, and um, they've all used different examples. So I just Googled, what is pruning? I didn't type in the Bible or anything. And this landscaping company website popped up, and they were talking about yards and how to take care of your yard. And it says, when you trim your trees, you get these benefits. This is straight from their website. Say farewell to dead, broken, or damaged branches. You save your property from potential damage from fallen branches. When you remove old branches, you give the trees the green light to put out healthy new growth. You train trees to grow on your terms so that branches won't hang over the roof or stretch into power lines. You give trees a clean, polished look that elevates your whole landscape. And you set the tree up with a good foundation for long-term health. So that was super interesting to me because that is, has nothing to do on the website with Jesus, but in reality, it's all about him. And 
Sometimes, nope, pretty much all the time, there's parts of us that are broken. And as we walk through things in life, there's things that shouldn't be there. And there's things that we need to get rid of and say, Jesus, I need you to prune me. And a lot of times he does it without us asking, but (laughs) sometimes we just come to a realization that that's what I need. And I just want to tell you, if you feel like you're a dead branch and you feel like I really haven't been living for Jesus, he can still prune you and you can grow into something really beautiful today. So the Lord is doing something really beautiful right now. As I go into this next one, This is the one that's been like really, really important to me through this season. Um, Abide in love, joy, and servanthood. Have a good moral character. Now I look like the Father, and his character and his love have changed me. John 15, 9 through 17. As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. If you are my friends, if you do whatever I command you, no longer do I call you servants, For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. These things I command to you that you love one another. Anders, would you be willing to go get me a funnel? (laughs) because I will make a mess with the rest of this if I don't have one. Um, I really processed this one a lot, to be completely honest, because I was evaluating my life over the past few weeks, and do I look like Jesus? Do I walk what I talk? Do they match up? Do people, when people look at me, do they see, oh, there's something different? And I feel like that's one of the most important steps of this process is becoming like Jesus, and saying, I want to be like you. I want to look like you. And this morning, I was really thinking about the fact that we were created in his image. There's a lot of living things on the planet, and we were the only ones that are created in the image of God. So we have a very big opportunity to be so much like him that we completely change, that we completely change the atmosphere around us, and that it can look really different. Love, joy, and serving others. Love has been a journey that I have been on over the past two years, and it has literally been a day in and day out. Some days I feel like he loves me, some days I don't. And then on the days that I may not feel it so much, I sit down with my Bible and I say, I know you love me, show me. (laughs) So, um. That's been kind of an interesting journey that I've been on, and the Lord has really been showing me Jesus on the cross, and the reality of what that actually carried for every single person. Thank you. 
When Jesus was on the cross, he was thinking about you. He was thinking about the moments that you'd get mad at your kids, the moments that you would fight with your significant other. He was thinking about everything that he was going to be able to take away. And so the next one, this one is really fun for me because I actually got to speak at Senior Life uh, two months ago, I think. And um, embracing intergenerational relationships and the importance of generations coming together to see the kingdom of God advanced. Because I think sometimes it's like, if you look at all the, the up-and-coming, like, spirit-filled movements in our country, it's a lot of young people, which is great, and I believe that what they carry is super important, and what they're doing is very important, but I also believe that there's still a generation who carries something that's still alive here on the earth. This is water, and this is yeast, and I'm going to mix them because they have to sit, but there's something significant about two generations coming together that creates a reaction in the kingdom of heaven and in the earth that can't be formed any other way. Acts 2.17 says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. I believe that without the young men seeing visions or without the old men dreaming dreams that we can't actually see revival in the way that God intends it to be. Because it's really important to have both and it's really important to have both generations as a part of that. Maybe. First Timothy four twelve through sixteen. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things, give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. This is not where I was going to go with this, but um, when I was little, I was always taught, don't be prideful, which is super correct, right? The Bible says, don't be prideful. But I took that to an extreme of, I have no self-confidence, because I don't want to sound like I'm proud of myself. And I'm sure we've all dealt with this to some degree in our lives. So like, everyone's like, don't be proud. So then you're like, oh, well then I must suck. And so then you go through life convinced that maybe you suck and that maybe I'm really not as good at this as I think I am. Maybe I'm not called in the direction I think I am because that's pride. And so I remember hitting a point of being like, I have brought myself so low that I don't believe I can do anything. And so I literally was like, okay, Lord, you have to show me the truth. And I need you to help me find a healthy balance between pride and humility that's boldness. And so I just want to encourage you today, if you've ever felt like that, like I can't be who I'm created to be because I feel like it's prideful, it's not. And God put gifts in each and every single person. And if you take that and you birth it and you say, I'm going to do something with this, it's not pride. 
because it's not you. If it was you, it would be pride. But Phyllis, the call that's inside of you, that's not prideful. The call to walk alongside people and encourage them, that's not pride. That's what the Lord said. I'm going to give that to you and the passion for that. Number six, live above reproach and carry peace. This is a little long, but Colossians 3, 5 through 17. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived them. But now you yourselves are to put off all of these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you also were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. So the next point is something that's a little different and honestly, I hadn't heard it until a few years ago, this term, hyper-grace. And the hyper-grace mindset is the mindset that um, he addresses in Romans 6, 1, where if God's going to forgive me, can I keep on sinning? And um, I'm going to look like a fool for the rest of this. Um, hyper-grace. There are many worldly mindsets that plague our society, I want to be able to see clearly through that and see the grace of God. Romans 6, 1 through 4. What shall we say then? Shall we continue to live in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Jesus is here. And number one, I'm so thankful that we live in a country where we are free to be where Jesus is in a room together because hearing from brother a few weeks ago, there's not a lot of places that we can be like that. So I am very excited that we can be together. But this hyper-grace mindset 
Galatians 5.13, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love to serve one another. Sometimes, I think I subconsciously do that, where I'm like, oh, well, God will forgive me, so it's fine. And then I realize afterwards that it was not so fine. I'm going to move my computer. The gospel doesn't have to be complicated. The gospel can be fun. It can be something that's really easy to preach. It's easy to tell people about. It's not meant to be this whole thing that we have to go through this whole process to achieve. I'm not good enough, but Jesus in me is good enough. I've done this a few times, I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. So this may go terribly, but that's okay. If it doesn't work, I will be very disappointed, but I've prayed over this like 17 times. Lord, help it do something, please. Okay, that was pretty good. (laughs) So, what's very interesting about this is the first time I made it, I touched the bottle. The bottle's really hot. And that made me thinking about the fruit of the Spirit. And how when we put salvation, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the pruning of our hearts, patience, all of these things together, we get this reaction that's hot. And heat can be felt by other people, even if you can't see it. And you can see this reaction. And so I took the timeline of my own life And I said, okay, so whenever I put these things together, what happened? This happened. And it's been an honor to be able to do it through this whole process of leading worship and learning who I am through that process and everything. And when you put these things together, it's uncontainable. I remember one time, one Sunday morning, I was talking during worship and it was, I was speaking about, um, how I felt like I was a wood burner and like I couldn't contain what was happening inside of me. And it was so strong. I mean, it really hasn't stopped since then. There's been some things happen along the way, but it really hasn't stopped. And what the Lord is doing inside of me is what I long and pray for for every single person in this room. I wake up every morning more in love with Jesus than when I went to bed the night before. Do you look like Jesus? Do your actions reflect who Jesus has called you to be? When you walk into the grocery store, do people see this?
One of the biggest things plaguing the church in today's society is the battle of performance and how people come to church because they want people to know they were there. I can tell people through the week I went to church, but there's no encounter. And um, one of the things that's really hard is when you see someone who has been, who is a Christian, and they feel like they have to follow a list of rules. We know that's religion. There's this list of rules that you have to follow in order to be a Christian. But what goes along with that is, are there things that the Bible calls us to do 10,000%? But where we're failing as a church is we're introducing them to a religion instead of an encounter. When I encountered Jesus, I wanted to be pure. When I encountered Jesus, I didn't want to talk the way I used to talk. When I encountered Jesus, I didn't want to do the things I used to do. It wasn't because I had to. It was because I encountered a love that loved me more than that. And I wanted to live to the standard that he called me to live. You know, you wake up in the morning and you're like, God, are you proud of me? I've said that before. God, are you proud of me? He's like, I've never stopped being proud of you. He's proud of who you are. He's proud of the you that used to be because you put off that mindset. If you're in this room and you have not had an encounter with love, today's your day. If you're in this room and you have had an encounter with love, it keeps going. Today's your day. If you're in the room and you don't know, it's going to happen today. Because an encounter with love is something that you can never change, and you will know that that's what's happening. I grew up in a Baptist church, as my dad has talked about a little bit, here and there. So I grew up with the rules. I knew the pledge to the Bible, the pledge to the Christian flag. I knew the Romans Road, the Ten Commandments, whatever else I had to learn, I don't even remember at this point. Oh, the books of the Bible, all the things, which all we can agree are super important. But it wasn't until I was 12, whenever I met Jesus, and he said, well, guess what? That stuff's important, but seeing my face is more important. Jesus is in the room. Side note, if you are slightly worried about Jesus coming back, his presence is amazing. And he's in the room, and it's not scary. If you can handle him in the room now, you can see him when he comes back. I had someone, I think a year and a half ago, I was sitting getting coffee with her and she said to me but God's mad at me my heart broke in that instant she'd read the Old Testament of the Bible that says that God's wrath is poured out on all people who do not do exactly what he says but she hadn't looked into the New Testament she had read it, but she didn't really understand it. And I'm realizing how many people in the church believe that God's mad at them. If you believe that God's mad at you, put off that. Because the God I serve isn't mad. 
all of the wrath that was inside of him that made him mad, he poured out on Jesus at the cross. He said, I'm taking all of that, I'm pouring it out on Jesus because I want you to be loved by me. And I'm sure he saw it coming, the age of mental health in our culture, that mental health is such a big deal and we're so paranoid about this and about that and we're anxious and we're worried and we're depressed. He said, I wanna be the God of love. I want them to see the God that loves them. And let me tell you, I'm passionate about this generation and the things that are crazy about them, the things that are great about them. But one thing that this generation carries is compassion. I see young people every single day that love on other young people like I have literally never seen people love on each other before. If you go into the schools, I've seen them downstairs in kids ministry. I mean, I see them at youth group. Like, they love each other so much. That is one of the most honorable things that I love about them because they say, before I tell you what you're doing wrong, I'm gonna bring you into my circle and I'm gonna tell you how much I love you. You have anxiety, that's okay. You have depression, that's okay. You're suicidal, that's okay. I love you. I've never felt more accepted than when I walk into youth group. Well, unless I'm wearing something that they think is wrong. But other than that, on a daily basis, I feel so loved when I walk into the room because they're just oozing love and you know that they do it all of the time. If I could encourage you in one thing, from the next generation. Feel the compassion of Jesus and give it to others. It's truly surreal. It's something that like, you know when you're talking to someone, this isn't my compassion because I would be really mad if that was me. (laughs) And if I was responding out of my flesh, I would be super annoyed with you right now. But because I put on Jesus before I walked out, I put on the armor of God, the shoes of peace, I I'm so glad to be here sitting with you. And when they go around the mountain again and you're like, why would you do that again? I love you. Sometimes you can pray in the spirit in your head and that'll help keep you calm because we've all been in moments like that where it's like, oh my goodness. But the compassion of Jesus rules in our hearts. We carry peace that passes all understanding. I wasn't sure how I was gonna end this this morning and I know that it's, Still pretty early, but I'm gonna have Robbie and Jean come up. And if there's one of these seven things, salvation, if you're not sure that you've walked into a new life of salvation with Jesus, I want you to meet me at the front because that is so important. If you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, that is also a very key part of walking with Jesus every single day. If you feel like you're really struggling with mixing with the next generation or with the older generation, God wants to put in you a heart for that. If you're struggling with pride and humility and trying to find the middle ground, he wants to meet you. If you feel like you've never encountered love, he wants to meet you. Can you close your eyes for a minute? I want you to say in your head or out loud, Jesus, what do you think of me? And listen for an answer.
Jesus, do I look like you? Jesus, are you proud of me? If the Lord puts something on your heart, you're welcome to come forward and be with him. for remaining faithful. Thank you for remaining faithful from Adam to Noah to Matthew to Judas. Maybe you feel like a Judas this morning. Not only have I not served Jesus, but I've gone against him. He wants to meet you. I want you to picture the day that Jesus was with Barabbas and they were deciding who they were gonna let free. I can't imagine what the turmoil that Jesus is feeling inside, what Barabbas was feeling inside. I may be free even though I'm guilty. Jesus is like, <laughs> I'm free, but I wanna be convicted as guilty for my people. Then through all of that, Jesus carried his own cross. He walked up the hill. They began to crucify him. They put the crown of thorns on his head. They gambled for his things. And guess what? He said, I would do it all again for you. He looked to the thieves on the sides of him and he said, do you wanna be saved? You're not too far gone for me. Father, we thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, you are here and we acknowledge that. Jesus, we thank you for the sacrifice. For every step that you walked, knowing that you were about to be crucified for me. Lord, would you give us compassion? 
for those around us, for those we see every day, for those we walk past. We just ask for a supernatural compassion and a supernatural patience. May we have peace, love, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, gentleness, joy. Lord, would you release supernatural joy in this house this morning? Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are all we want. You are all we need. You are all we seek. Would you let us have a reaction inside of us with everything that we are pouring into you and everything you're pouring into us? Give us an exchange that creates a reaction that can be seen by the world because I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power at work within me. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. He is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus, I need cleansed. Father for what you're doing in this house for what you're doing in every heart in here and online every person watching would you meet them where they are will they have unprecedented favor because you are good and would they see blessings in their family and their finances in their grace in every capacity that they have, would you give them more than they know how to handle? Because we can handle you, and we want you, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. It has been an honor to speak the word of Jesus with you this morning. If the Lord is doing something in you, may he continue to do that work. I'm gonna invite Pastor Christy up to close and do some announcements. And thank you guys so much. Have an amazing week. Hello. Good. This thing scares me every time. All right. Praise God. Well, he is good. Um, I am Pastor Christy. Like she said, I do have some announcements. But first, Pastor Rob has asked me to share, and I'm very happy to share this real quick with you. Back in May on Mother's Day, I was one of the women he had come up, and I got to share about my job and some needs in our community of baby items that um, were needed. And I have to tell you, sorry for my emotions, since that time, I have been so blessed um, with every need being met, I won't give you the list of all the wonderful things brought to me, but I work from home. I go in every now and then and I take them in. And I was just in, and we had the girls in for a meeting who are actually in the homes of these people who need. And 
our cupboards there are from all the things you have blessed them with are now empty. Um, they were in and they needed diapers and they said, I have diapers. Christy brought some. They were able to give the diapers, every piece of clothing, every bottle. So we're in need again. So if the Lord is putting Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's doing that to you, bring it in. But I wanted to say thank you for all of your faithfulness. It's been awesome. And it's been awesome that our name is getting out there in the community. So that's from now. I'm going to give you announcements. Yikes, but I do have to put my glasses on, right? And this is crazy. I hope I kind of bubble over with this stuff, but it's pretty wild up here. So, all right, we have three announcements. Um, let me get my phone on. I am old, so I am not phone savvy, like these people who can whip this stuff all around. Okay, youth Bible study tomorrow, 3.30 at the Daily Grind. So if you're a youth, go to that. Youth worship night, September 19th at 7. And then our small groups are going to start September 28th, 7.30, here in the auditorium. Six. Oh, it says 7.30. That's okay. That's all right. Small groups start September 28th at 6.30 in the auditorium. Praise God. So one of my very, very favorite books of the Bible in the Old Testament is Nehemiah. So Nehemiah, they got a little crazy by chapter 8. They're all feeling a little remorseful but excited. So Ezra's preaching to them. And Nehemiah has to settle them down. So he tells them, go your way. Eat the fat. Drink the sweet. Give portions to those who do not have any. For today is holy. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength my version I give to you today. We're going to go our way. We're going to eat the Big Mac. We're going to drink the chocolate shake. We're going to buy a coupon book for those and give it to them so they can have some too. You're not going to go in sorrow because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Go and be blessed and be happy. If you enjoyed today's message, I would like to encourage you to like it and share it on all social media platforms or jump on the website, thesummitdover.com or the app and click the giving link and help us continue to share the message of the kingdom across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.